0: So another question I have is regarding some of the technologies you're showing here, ranging from things like uh, blockchain to uh, software-defined infrastructures. Um, you're, you're really leveraging a ton of new technology within the network. Uh, a lot of it's coming from Ericsson Labs. You guys seem to have an amazing R&D machine. Tell me about some of the adoption of, of those really new and rapidly changing technologies from blockchain uh, onwards.
1: Uh, I think blockchain, uh, I mean, I think the, the major application for blockchain has been Bitcoin, uh, which is a very specific case. So when we are looking at blockchain here, it's mainly, for instance, in the IoT space. How can you kind of get secure identities, how can you get secure transactions? Yeah. So it's a very kind of, I would say, a private use. Mm-hmm. And the blockchain stuff that we are showing, that, that is of course something that comes from our research and that we are then trying to apply so mm-hmm. as, as quickly as possible. Uh, no. One thing
0: I noticed, the networks are getting much, much smarter. Uh, there's um, machine intelligence being applied to organizing the network. There's you know, pretty advanced algorithms for network planning and managing the, the BSS OSS. Um, there's a lot of automation being applied and uh, industrialization of the network. Can you tell about how you're making networks smarter, autonomous, almost you know self-maintaining in some ways. That's an interesting theme I've seen here, for example.
1: Yeah, and I think this is what kind of everyone is doing right now, that, that we, we need to reach a level where can, we have say, a touch touch means that you have a more like a programmatic type of interface yeah. towards the network. And that means that you can't have a kind of a static management any longer. The management needs to be based on analytics. It needs to be policy controlled. And Ericsson has this that we call Compa, control, orchestration, management, policy and analytics. And this is really the well, new that's paradigm that's of, of managing network. You, you, you don't really exactly state in all the details. You actually state the policy, the SLA for the service that you want to do, and then everything is handled in a complete automatic way. Then, of course, second step of that one is, is the self-learning perspective, and that is where machine intelligence and machine learning come into to perspective that you actually have machine learning that updates the policies. So that is the kind of second step of, of the automation.
0: Yeah, well, it's been amazing seeing the really revolution that's, that's happening in the network here at the Ericsson booth. Thanks for your time.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you
2: studio of today. Yeah,
0: I'm, really? I'm here with Max uh, Mats Carlson from
1: Ericsson here at the Ericsson booth. Uh, it's Evan here. Do you want to introduce yourself quickly? So, I'm Mats Carlson, uh, heading up portfolio and architecture in a new business area for uh, digital services, responsible for uh, like future architecture of the networks.
0: That's a really timely topic, particularly as we hit 5G peak hype, you know, how the network will have to be re-architected, re-engineered, redesigned from the, the device to the air interface to the core, you know, what are some of the highlights of what you're doing to re-architect or re-engineer the network at Ericsson?
1: Um, one big sh- change compared to historically has been that historically we build networks for like basic services that were common for all the consumers and that was typically voice data, SMSs and for enterprises was like VPNs. Five uh, G is about uh, not any longer the consumers, but the industries, and it's not only about people; it's about uh, things, uh, and that means that the, the services that we need create, we don't even know all the services that today. So that means that our networks need to be fully programmable in terms of that we we need actually to be able to define, develop and deploy new services very Mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. And historically we kind of built the services within the application, but this time actually we need to build a network where we can actually design and develop and deploy the new services in in days or or, uh, hours and not compared to like months or years. Right. So I'm seeing a lot of services
0: that'll drive that uh, network revolution from smart cities to IOT, to uh, autonomous vehicles. What are some of your customers doing today with the network, and how do you see them using this this incredible new infrastructure?
1: I think today, I think it's still in the early phases. Uh, I think there is a lot of industrial use cases, but today they are mainly using the the network as the networks are, like use cases for mobile broadband. Uh, But what we see is, of course, areas that require, for instance, really low latency, or you could also see simple use cases where, where, like, a car manufacturer needs to backhaul a lot of data, but it's very expensive to do that during daytime. They would like have a scheduling mechanism that they only backhaul the data during nighttime. That is another basic service, but where there's a lot of value in it. So I think today we are right in the beginning of, of a lot of these use cases, uh, and I think it's also the beginning in terms of figuring out the kind of monetization model.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the, your customers are very old companies. They have a lot of legacy infrastructure. So how do you move them to where they are historically in terms of their network, to where they need to be to offer these services, particularly in IoT, where you have billions, millions of, of endpoints? How do you get them to that, that point from where they are to where they
1: really need to be? I think one of the challenges is how do you connect, as you said, the operators to the enterprises? Uh, because today, it's not so that an enterprise for an IT use case, goes to an operator, please solve my problem. So what we are doing on our side is, of course, act as a bit of a brokering in between these two cans. One showing the operators, this is how you can sell the network in a new way, but we're also talking, so say, to the like players, like you could take General Electric or someone else, and so this is how you can use the network. So, so today it's very much for us as well to be the link in between these two.
0: How do you um, how do you move faster? I mean, traditionally telecom has been about standards and slow-moving decisions made by large international bodies. You know, now we're moving at light speed with cloud. Uh, so how do you how do you re-engineer yourself and help your customers move at this new pace?
1: So uh, I mean telecom has been standards and I think some yeah. of the standards will remain for instance yeah. the air interface standard it's probably good obviously yeah but on the other hand if you look on the, on the cloud environment etc I mean I think we talked about convergence for 10 years and suddenly it happened so when we are looking on, on the stuff that we are doing on the cloud side we are very much leveraging exactly the same technology that comes from the broader industry uh, and in that way, I mean, there is, no, there is only a de facto type of standard that is acting at that. So we are, we are building our systems, et cetera, more or less using the mainstream technology, but making sure that it kind of works in a networking context.
0: That's great. That's great.
1: It's coming from the notion that the technology
2: shift is so big that you have to see your legacy sunset faster. And there is no way you can defend it. It's more to say how quickly can you adopt no and move to new technology the newer technology is is going to be more efficient cost efficient for for our customers which of course will hit our top line but it doesn't matter because if we go all in the volume of it and the sheer usage of that technology might be much wider a good example is if we're able to cloud transform the programmability of the network in a faster way that will lead us to do edge computing and other things on the network using the same type of software all across as I the horizontal model. If we do that well, that volume could very well be be, be easily earning back the investments uh, as the deployment will be much bigger than when we just deployed in a in a core network site or something like that before. So it's fantastic.
0: And so all this architecting and re-architecting and re-architecting networks is leading to 5G which has reached Peak excitement here at Mobile World peak Congress. Excitement. This
2: year is peak
0: excitement. Okay. Last year was
2: also peak excitement. But okay. was, that was the peak. That, that was the last year's peak. Yeah.
0: So what? What's the scenario you see as we, you know, step one step at a time towards five G rollouts? We've seen trials. We've seen announcements.
2: Yeah. It, it, what's your look, timeline? if you, if you uh, look around our booth here in, in San Francisco at the Mobile World Congress, you will find uh, that five G for us is today now coming out in operational products. So. We're launching base stations here. We're launching equipment here, which is deployable and that can do the execution of 5G, including beamforming and other, you know, difficult technologies that 5G contain from a radio point of view. Um, the other point uh, we have here is the um, core network. Um, 5G-ready core is one very important piece. Uh, where a concept that is, I like the, I like the concept because we call it network slicing. Right. And network slicing is really that any industry out there, it might be a hospital that is doing, I don't know, remote surgery things. Today it sounds fantastic. Tomorrow it's a reality. Those those things need a network slice that is dedicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want that to be on the same channel as people are sending emails or watching... Uh, tonight's show or whatever so that you know in that sense you need you need a you need a dedicated network slide the network slides can be lit up instantly and it can be closed down instantly so it's a very fast provisioning of a tunnel through the entire network and that's some of the stuff that we demonstrate here is it doable it sounds like science fiction for a network person but it that is doable and we're demonstrating that on a large scale
0: that's exciting what what else caught my attention here at the ericsson booth was the internet of things also peak excitement but networks now are are ready for LTE based IoT and I saw commercial availability of uh, all the underlying technologies and real world industrial applications that provide real value so what's what's your take on the next eighteen months adoption because it looks pretty exciting
2: well I, I that's a great point Evan and if you look back to um, summer 2015 we set the standard for what we call narrowband IoT which is an LTE-based version mm-hmm. for IoT, and that's just picking up. And we see, uh, you know, many devices coming out there. Um, but you can do it with ordinary LTE or LTE-type of transmitters. Um, there was, uh, I noticed that, You know, I noticed there was a watch today that was talked about. Yeah, a little little uh, announcement. Yeah, yeah. that was Cupertino. some 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 important <laughs> some important things happening. I mean, it's showing the way, showing the way of an LTE-connected watch, and. And those kind of things is just showing away. I, I saw in the announcement that it's actually the world's most used watch as well, which shows clearly the opportunity that there is around yeah. massive IoT. I think they
0: also did a demo of a high quality voice over LTE yeah, over the watch. Right, so you guys, you guys seem the
2: voice, The voice service over LTE in, in the industry called Volta, right. uh, where Ericsson is actually the leading supplier globally of of Volta solutions to customers, that, quality of service is something you remember.
0: Yeah, people are going to be knocked off their uh, their chairs when they realize the quality of voice and video and that they're going to be getting from these networks. It's, it's, not, really good. it's not your grandfather's it internet.
2: <laughs> and it is programmable, mm-hmm. which means that when companies put new devices out there, we can actually launch a piece of software that goes right into the network and support that device. And uh, that's what uh, kind of happens in many of everybody had the same thing now they're much more of iconic 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 things and iconic experiences and and we're gonna see just more of that mo- mo- blurring the borders between IOT and mobile devices
0: yeah it's amazing I also saw the sort of the revolution happening in the air interface here with things like MIMO yeah, and next-door and Qualcomm our, that's, that's and their the whole, LTE. Uh, we're getting into the science fiction part of absolutely. our story right now
2: I guess the, the only limiting factor of transmitting is Channels Law. Right. We're, we're getting pretty close, I can say.
0: So what it, you announced here at the show regarding new uh, network access infrastructure, I saw something at the Sprint booth that seemed pretty revolutionary in yeah. terms of MIMO. I saw some small cell introductions. That's a introductions. Very big thing. It seems pretty exciting. We're
2: very grateful for the partnership and the work we're doing with Sprint on that. And I'm very glad that... That has caught a lot of people's attention. These
0: great. Well, it'll be exciting to see what, how we do in Barcelona. You guys have certainly shown yeah, well, some pretty cool um, stuff here.
2: In Barcelona, we're going to show... Oh, I can't tell you that. Okay. But as a, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's going to be great. One we're more looking thing. Looking forward to
0: having you there. As Steve Jobs said, one more thing, right? <laughs> do. There's one more thing. Right, okay. And thanks. Gonna be a... Thank you. That was good. Thank you. I'll send you my blog when I... Uh, All right, cool. Have... Cool. Cool. Nice. Love it. Thanks, thanks well, for working gonna... with us. Thank you for, uh, yeah, thanks for having us. So we'll be on Absolutely. Twitter. Be Catch us
2: soon. So I'm now following you, so I will him, so If yes. you want
0: anything particular retweeted or positioned or mentioned, yes. drop me a note or DM, or I'll try to automatically retweet what you yeah. guys are doing, but you never yeah. know. You may want some spin or something. Yeah. No, absolutely. So thanks a lot. Thank and, uh, you. Nice see each other and, yeah, I'll speak to Jimmy to make sure that it's OK
1: yes. that. Yes. Yes. But, um, to see you there. Yes, And we I,
2: mean, I will be here in <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I just
0: suddenly
1: had a